ghouls. Hey, ghouls. How's it going, yeah, freaky ladies? Uh, uh, freaky, you know. Yeah. 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 It is going freaky. It is. It's going spooky. I'm so excited. It's officially spooky season as of September 1st. Said it before, say it again. I already decorated for Halloween. I have more decorations coming. Woo! The Facebook group is popping off with all sorts of spooky content, memes galore. I think people are living their best lives right now. Dang, it's this true. is not the time for me to be off Facebook, is it? It's, you know, I'll I'll send you the memes so you yeah. don't miss anything. Then. I know. I'm I'm not on Facebook either. I <sighs> I the only reason I stay on Facebook is for the group. The Golden Yeah, Pools that's a good Facebook reason. Group. That's it. Maybe I'll just create like another Facebook account and I'm not friends with anyone. I'm just in the group. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, good idea. You I know, just, it stresses me out right now. You know, I, I I'm understand. still on the gram, but. It, it, Facebook outside of the Facebook group gives me great anxiety. So I really just go in there to check that and then I'm out. And, you know, it, it's the spot to be. Just the group, mm-hmm. not the rest of Facebook. Yeah. But people Good are times. having fun. I'll say that much. We also have some fun new merch in the store for the people. Mm-hmm. People said they want beanies. We threw them on there. People said they wanted a drinking vessel. There's mugs. <laughs> oh. Vessels galore. And vessels, honey. I love a beanie. We're all going to look I'm going to rock that. All winter long. She's going to have a warm <laughs> head. Yeah. And she's going to wear nothing aside from the beanie. True. <laughs> nothing but the beanie. Wouldn't you like that? Uh? I would like it. <laughs> I know. The Golden Ghouls are now on OnlyFans. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, you know. You know what? When you hear how much some of those people are making... It, it, it's always it's no shame bitter. in the game. I no shame in the game. I just don't think this. I have any goods to offer. No, you know, yeah, you do, but oh, <sighs> I, I support. I support what these folks are up to. You know, shake mm-hmm. what your mama gave you, as they say. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, I have no idea. I only yeah. I don't need. Well, do you guys have an OnlyFans? Like, have you oh gone, Lord, no! <laughs> oh, no. you just because I just read about it. I don't even know really what they do on there. <laughs> it's mostly provocative photos and videos. Oh. Um, so that's just it's just not my style. But respect to those who who make a living doing it. You know. You know what? So Mad respect. Mad respect. Stack the paper because Lord knows you should. Times are tough. Times, Times are, are tough. tough. Stack the papers, he said. Yeah, that's advice from us straight up. And we're the Golden Ghouls. Alyssa. Kylie. Emily. And it's time to get spooky. And hungry. Oh, she's hungry? Oh, I get well, it. I, was oh. I get what you're doing. I know. Doing. I was like, uh-oh. Should we pause? Do you need a snack? Because of our, (laughs) because of the episode topic. (laughs) I I then it took me a moment. You know, Kylie, you're really swift. You're slick. I'm not. 
I, I wasn't prepared no. for that, but uh, she did. She did queue up what we're going to be talking about real nice. nicely. Great transition. We're we're heading to some haunted eateries today, aka restaurants. Yeah, I like that synonym mm-hmm. too, eatery. Eatery. Yeah. A little eatery. Yeah, I love food. I knew that this episode was going to probably make me feel hungry. So I had dinner like right before, but I oh, saved myself smart. a little leftover. So Same. I can have a little after too. Same. She's a bitch. Are you just thinking like me or what? I did the um, same thing. I was like, I know I'm going to get hungry talking about these places, uh-huh. but then I'm going to get hungry afterwards too. Yep. I, I was thinking like you, I think you tapped into my brain for a moment. We did. We, pa- we paired up. Excited. Also, yeah. as a Trader Joe's hoe, I have to shout out their key lime. A Trader hoe. A Trader hoe. <laughs> uh, their key lime pie that's in the frozen section is so fucking good. <laughs> is it? Note it. It really is. Uh, I wanted to stock up and get another one for when we eat through the one that we have. They were sold out. So I was like, oh, everybody loves them. That's how you know it slaps is when you can't so keep true. it on the shelves. I'm going to go in and be like, where is that that slapping key lime pie? <laughs> where is it? Where's He's that pie? An you old, know, the one that's an old flapped. millennial. An old millennial <laughs> trying to sound cool. I saw a TikTok today and this girl was like, I'm a millennial. This is for Gen Z. Like, what do all these things mean? And <laughs> I... It was all stuff from TikTok, like little moves yeah. that the kids are doing. And I don't understand it either. <laughs> so I'm I'm waiting for responses from the youth so I know <laughs> what's happening out there. Cause yeah. already my sisters think I'm old and uncool. Um but, you, you know, know. old okay. maybe uncool. <laughs> How dare you? How dare? Well, should we should we take ourselves to these haunted restaurants? Bone apple teeth. Bone apple. I I can kick it off because I've actually been to this place, and so I'm excited to talk about it. This is Catfish Plantation in Waxahachie, Texas. Let me tell you. So when I found out this place was haunted years and years ago, I made my high school boyfriend take me on a couple of dates there. Oh, that's so cute. Now, I couldn't eat anything on the menu (laughs) because I don't eat meat. And it is exactly what it says it is. It's a catfish plantation. So they got catfish. They got fish. They got meat. They got lots of things I can't eat. So I just go there and I would have a salad, but I was there for the haunts. But did I tell anyone that? No. Did I tell my boyfriend that's why I wanted to go there? No. Oh, you did it. Oh God, no. I just went for the spooky times. Okay. I didn't let anyone in on the truth though. And then one time we went there with his family and they were like, Why do you want to come here? You can't eat anything. <laughs> I He's said, like, I love it here. We, for the we, come, we come here all the time. <laughs> But anyway, it is spooky. And I wanted people to know who might be in the area. It is open for takeout. So you can safely support this small business 
during COVID times. You can take out the goodness. I did look. The menu has expanded some. So there are some more vegetarian friendly options for the people out there. There's even mac and cheese on the menu now. So that's a numb. It's yum. All right. Big shout out to this paranormal investigator and writer. His name is Rick Moran. And he uh, shared a lot of this information that I found. Actually, I found it on the Catfish Plantation website. So a lot of locations, they try and kind of shy away from the claims of hauntings. But Catfish Catfish Plantation, they embrace it fully. They even call themselves the most haunted restaurant in Texas. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And paranormal investigators, they agree with the owners and staff that this Victorian home, which was built in 1895 and sits at 814 Water Street in Waxahachie, is most definitely the residence of several earthbound spirits. Mm. Yeah. So a little history on the ownership and the home and what's going on. So like I said, it was built in 1895. Uh, it was a residence for quite a while. And then uh, when the most, the last person who lived in it as a home, when they passed away, it became a doctor's office and a couple other random businesses. But in 1984, Tom and Melissa Baker found the property and it had been empty for a couple of years. And even though it wasn't a perfect location to start a restaurant because it's in kind of a weird spot. They both just felt drawn to the house and had a charm that they could not deny they had to have this spot. So neither of them believed in the paranormal, but shortly after purchasing the property, shit started to happen and they became true believers. So our friend Melissa and her husband were the only people who had keys to the building And she started to find that she was not the only one with access. So it started when one day, a few weeks after they purchased it, she came in to find this large tea kettle with neatly stacked coffee cups inside. And it had somehow been transported from where it normally was kept into the middle of the floor, super far away from where it actually belonged. So she was like, something is weird. It didn't seem like a break-in because nothing had been taken. Nothing else was out of place. Mm -hmm. Just this tea kettle with the cups. Yeah, somebody made tea. Someone made tea. Or did they? Because on another morning, she comes in and she finds freshly brewed coffee waiting for her. Whoa. Yeah. Friendly ghost, am I right? Yeah. (laughs) So this is all happening kind of as they're getting the place ready for guests and they're getting it all prepped to open it up as a restaurant. So maybe it was the fact that they were making a few changes to the home that the spirits were like, what's going on? Yeah. Then once they opened, employees started to tell strange stories of things that were happening to them. So there was an incident where a fry basket started levitating in the kitchen. (gasps) (laughs) No, not the flying fries. The flying fry basket. 
Oh, God. Then there was this glowing blue light that was illuminating a room that was otherwise empty. And people were like, what is that? They couldn't figure out the source of the light. No electronics in there. Just the room started glowing blue. And people were like, well, what is happening? Cool. Then, <laughs> then they started seeing the ghostly figure of a bride standing by the front window. Yep. Mm-hmm. What's she doing? She's looking out the window forlorn. We'll get back to her in a minute. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, we got more info. So just based on the number of reports that they had in in such a short amount of time after opening, the owners were like, something is up. So they invited paranormal investigators to give their impressions of the house. And those investigators found a list of characters from the home's past, each with pretty distinct personalities, who they think are still living there on the property today in the afterlife. So first we have... A gentleman. So he likes to flirt with female guests. He will (laughs) brush against their knee or tap them on the shoulder or play with their hair. Can I interject? I'm going to have to say he doesn't sound like much of a gentleman. No, he's not. He's sounds kind of creepy. He's a little spooky. Um, and I will say that when I was there, I did have a hair pull. Girl. <gasps> no way. Yes. 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 It's, that, so, it's those gorgeous locks. He was like, Gosh. And thank I, God this one came it. in. He couldn't, he couldn't contain. I've been wanting to su- touch some uh, long, long, luscious locks. He couldn't hold himself back. <laughs> he could not. And I actually didn't even know this story about him until today. So when I read that, I was like, creepy, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they, th- they think that he is um, this guy named Will, and he was a former owner of the house and died there from an unknown illness. He's also been seen as a full-body apparition wearing overalls standing on the front porch. So... I don't know about y'all, but a man in overalls, that's a look. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Hmm. There's also this young woman. Her name is Elizabeth, and she kind of seems confused by her surroundings. But she made her first appearance during a seance, which was led by a local psychic named Ruth Jones. And during the seance, the group there experienced knocking on the walls, dishes rattling in the kitchen, and they too saw the full body of appar- full body apparition, good lord, of Elizabeth in her wedding dress. So mm-hmm. Elizabeth was actually the daughter of the original owner, and she was strangled to death in the house back in the early 1920s on her wedding day by oh, a jealous no. ex boyfriend. <sighs> yes. Yeah. So, you know, she she thinks she's out to have the happiest day of her life. No, that was not not what was this in store for her. fool comes in here. Yeah, so of course she's trapped there. What a traumatic experience. So people will often see her in the bathroom 
or like I said, they see her looking out the front window or she'll burst through doors dramatically. But she Same. likes she really likes to make her presence known. Another uh, thing that she is known for is this rose fragrance that you'll smell a lot of times. So the, the mm. folks who work there, they say that that is Elizabeth and uh, cold spots as well. They think she is the one responsible for those. Then there's this gal, Caroline. They they know who all the ghosts are. I love Yeah, it. that's crazy. So she was a previous owner who... Um, she's a bit short-tempered because she thinks that she is still the head of the household. Which, you know, mm. she may be. Mm-hmm. So she passed away in 1970 in the home from old age. So nothing, nothing sad. But... Um, not not like Elizabeth strangling. You know, we're sad that Caroline is gone, but she lived a full life. But this woman, she is set in her ways, and she continues to let the restaurant employees know that. So she loved to cook in life, and she's usually found in the kitchen, but she hated alcohol. So wine glasses do not last long around here. She tosses them around. She breaks shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The staff actually have to keep wine glasses in an armoire that has a door on it so she cannot open it. And she's going to knock shit. over that armoire. She might. Girl, she I'm giving you tips. Better listen. Yeah. Just push it down. Mm-hmm. But people also say she's the one responsible for brewing coffee, which happens sometimes when no one is there. So she's looking for a little sip. And she likes to rearrange things in the kitchen to her liking. Uh, all right, I she's, see. All right. she's really got. She's like, I wanted this to be a coffee shop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So she's she's pretty active, and the people like her. Um, but there are some more general happenings that no one ties to a specific apparition. There's banging on the walls. Food has been flung in the kitchen. Doors will unlock and open by themselves. Lights going on and off. Water, the faucets being turned on by themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, Equipment doors, like refrigerators and things. Opening and closing, banging shut just willy-nilly by themselves. And they have a few clocks around the place that no longer work. But sometimes the clocks will chime. And we don't want a chiming clock when we know it hasn't worked for 30 years. Yeah. So. It's alarming. But a lot of these <laughs> Get it. things. <laughs> it is alarming. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, a lot of these things have actually caused patrons to leave before they've even eaten because they're like, what the fuck was that? Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. They but dine and dash? They they probably are just like, um, excuse me, we won't be dining. Oh, okay. We are just dashing. <laughs> Okay. We hope. We hope. But uh, in 2007, the bakers sold the restaurant and the ghosts to the Landis family who were like already aware of the paranormal happenings. And they invited the nationally acclaimed Association of the Study of Unexplained Phenomenon to reinvestigate the location. And they came in with their fancy equipment and they confirmed spirit activity. B- 
because the spirits actually pretty freely interacted with the investigators. Um, and the investigators said that they're all friendly and positive, which is a good thing. But they were actually um, later on filming a TV segment for Travel Channel. And one of the senior investigators was sitting in a room talking about the history of the building when he noticed that a few of the people on the crew had these shocked looks on their faces. And he's like, what's going on? Well, the folks let him know that this apparition had come to the doorway from the nearby bathroom and just hovered behind this guy telling a story for a few minutes. Mm -mm. And then it just dematerialized right in front of them. Um, So maybe the ghosts liked, liked the way he was telling the story or maybe they didn't approve. But either way... They're there, and mm-hmm. uh, they're they're ready to party. I I can tell. Well, we should go eat there. We'll we'll get it. We'll get it to go, and yeah, we'll yeah. Uh, we'll dine outdoors. Yeah, we dine outdoors. Don't do they have an outdoor space? They do have a little. They have it's adorable. It really is adorable. It kind of looks like a little gingerbread house. It's so yeah. cute, but um. They do have a little like front porch area, although there, if I'm remembering correctly, I feel like there's a park nearby. So maybe we could take advantage of that. I love that. Let's do that. Well, I got a place that has outdoor seating. Oh, love it. Yeah. But you should definitely take it out. You know, you should definitely get it to go. Be safe, kid. Be safe, you know. But this place, I, I saw it. And I loved the name. And then I saw the food and I was like, yum. And then I saw the ghost and I was like, rad. So (laughs) I said, let's go for it. It's called Pugin's Porch. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Yes. Located at 72 Queen Street in Charleston, South Carolina. Good stuff. And I got a shout out to my uh, homies at ghostcitytours.com and nightlyspirits.com for helping me with my story today. Hey, they really had all the uh, the facts and figures laid out for me, and I appreciate that. They always have some good info. Yeah, always. So this cheery yellow, yellow southern Victorian home guys is known for its pimento cheese fritters and shrimp and grits and it's also known for its classic southern hospitality with a huge wine cellar if you're you know the atmosphere is just super charming and unique from like it's it's uh it's sunlit patio, airy porch, and then the cozy dining rooms. I mean, you're just sure to have, like, a great experience when you're there. But then there's ghosts. So, heck, yeah. I was sold on the fritters. Dude, I know. <laughs> but there's a much deeper story than the cast iron pork chops. <laughs> Coogan's porch. There always is. Oh, yeah, it goes deeper than that. Yo, Pugin's porch has been around for a long time, guys. Built in 1888, it was a it was a part of the emerging single family homes 
in the neighborhood. And over the years, it was believed to have taken on quite a few residents. However, there's none more famous than Zoe St. Armand. Mm. Yes. In the early 1900s, Zoe and her sister Elizabeth moved into Pugin's porch when it was a home. And mysteriously to the other members of the community, the two lived alone. They didn't take on a husband. They were kind of known as spinsters of the town. I don't really like the name spinsters, do y'all? Like, doesn't it sound kind of mm, fresh? I'm like, yeah, just like, what's let up them with that? live. Yeah, they didn't want it, you know? Whatever. So they hung out together. They loved their life. And they were just apparently, like, very close. So everybody in town just knew them as the St. Armand sisters, you know? They would walk around together, always chilling. Zoe was a school teacher. Can you hear that noise in the background? Holly. What is that? That's Holly. <laughs> yeah. She's if you heard it. rattling five minutes ago, my AC, which is off, was rattling. So I just went outside briefly and like hit it and it's fine now. But uh, <laughs> apologies for that as well if you heard that. Yeah. You know what? This is recording from home <laughs> yeah. in quarantine. It's bound it's to rough. happen. Shout, it's rough. shout out to the listeners for their love and support through these hard times. There's only so many things I can take away from this studio for her to get a hold of while I'm recording. (laughs) And she got got the furniture. She was crawling Mm -hmm. it. Anyways, let's go back. Let's go back to Pugin's porch. That's what's important here. Yeah. Sure. So Zoe was a school teacher. um, And apparently she definitely dressed the part. This is like what all the place, like ghostly tours said. You know, nightly spirits said they all said the same thing. She dressed the part and she wore long black dresses with wire rimmed glasses. And her look was more like Puritan than Southern Belle. So I guess at the time in Charleston, they were like, just not used to her look. She's doing it again, you guys. She's crawling on it again. Holly. I had to take I had to take the whole what do you call this? Ottoman? Yeah, I had to take the whole Ottoman. <laughs> okay. So Zoe obviously she didn't care much for like um societal pressures or beauty standards. I love that for her. I do too. I'm like, Zoe, do you? Zoe and Elizabeth, they they just inseparable. You know, Mm. but the bond was sadly broken when Elizabeth tragically died in 1945. No, Zoe was devastated, y'all. She was so upset. She fell into this deep depression and both her mood and mental health started to deteriorate quickly. She uh, was so upset one night that she just started to cry hysterically and ran up and down Queen Street screaming her sister's name. And so the residents were like, "Uh, oh, like, what's happening? You know, so somebody finally took her and took her off to St. Francis Hospital where she um, spent the rest of her life in the hospital. And she died there. Uh, so sad. Tragic. Yeah. But Zoe's still around. She's at Pugin's porch. Oh, Lord. Pugin's. Yeah. 
It's believed the ghost of Zoe haunts her old home. She's still looking for her sister, y'all. Reports of her spirit began popping up shortly after she died, but it intensified once the resident was turned into a restaurant, which we know happens once they, you know, start moving things around, mm-hmm. changing up the space, mm-hmm. the ghosts come out to play. And so I was there. She uh, wasn't much of a people person, obviously, when she was alive. So it was a little weird that she is just so, you know, in people's business at the restaurant. But, like, maybe she got over her phobia after death. Or maybe she didn't have a phobia. Maybe she was just like, I didn't want to hang out with you guys at the time. (laughs) (laughs) You guys sucked. (laughs) She was blonde. Yeah. And, And, you know, whatever. But staff members and guests alike have seen her ghost wander around the house. Some guests at the restaurant have taken notice of Zoe and had no clue that she was an actual ghost. Whoa. Yeah, she was that real. Yeah. Others staying at the hotel located across the street from Pugans, unaware of the restaurant's history, have claimed that they've seen an elderly woman in a black dress like Zoe standing in the front on uh, the front window at the top floor. Insane. So Bobby Ball is actually the owner of Pugin's Porch, and she's had her own experiences as well. Bobby was in the process of setting the alarm one night when she was startled when a wooden stool suddenly knocked to the ground and the door began opening and shutting quite violently at the same time. Oh. Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Miss Ball isn't the only one who had one of these experiences. Her daytime chef had an encounter with Zoe as well. The chef was making coffee and he had just poured himself a, a fresh hot cup of joe when he heard a knock on the back door, like as if it was like a delivery guy or something. So the chef put down his coffee and he went to to the back to let the guy in when he returned for his copy it was the cup was gone yeah he was baffled he was like who took my cup of joe he began to question whether or not he had actually fixed a cup of coffee or or you know holly i'm gonna i'm gonna get her (laughs) okay yeah so poor chef right guys poor chef am i right yeah Rather than dwelling on it, he was like, I'll just make another cup of coffee. (laughs) So so afterwards, he returned to his stool, and there was the cup of joe. (gasps) The original cup of joe. Damn. The reappearing joe. (laughs) I'll be honest. Things like that happen to me all the time, but I think it's just my brain. Maybe, yeah, do you think you're like... (laughs) It's like just disappeared Isn't from it? your eyesight. Yeah. But it's sitting right there. Yeah, I just I glaze over it. Right. Eyeballs. This might have happened to the chef. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was mm-hmm. Zoe taking a sip and then bringing it back. Bring it back, y'all. She only wanted a sip. <laughs> Late one night after closing, a staff member was cleaning up when she began to get this unnerving sensation that something was behind her. Ooh. She looked around but felt found nothing. She couldn't shake the feeling that someone was there and watching her, 
but she decided to just start resuming cleaning and she happened to look in the mirror and she was so startled. You guys, it was not her own reflection that she saw. It was the face of Zoe. No. Uh huh. Old woman, old woman wearing wire thin glasses was staring back at her y'all. Uh, -uh. yeah. How would you like that? I wouldn't. I would not. I would just straight. I wouldn't. Okay, another occurrence. A staff member who worked as a pastry chef. He was uh, he was cooking overnight, and because uh, I guess biscuits, you got to cook biscuits overnight. Yeah, you got to let the dough rise. Yeah, yeah, it's necessary. So she was baking her biscuits while listening to her favorite jams on the radio. And she heard quite a ruckus upstairs, such a loud ruckus that it it was out out noising the radio. Oof, what could this be? The pastry chef was curious and was like, let me find out. She ventured upstairs. Once she reached the top floor, she took a deep breath, searched every inch upstairs, found nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after being unable to find the source of the ruckus, she returned to the kitchen and resumed baking her biscuits. After a bit, she decided to turn the radio back on. A few songs later, one of her favorite songs came on, so she began singing along, and suddenly she started to hear another voice singing with her. <laughs> she turned around expecting to find one of her co-workers possibly playing a trick on her, but no one was there. So, that was probably Zoe. That was probably Zoe. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good I don't know what guess. she was doing upstairs, but, she, you know, she was probably dancing. Probably. Yeah. Another singing ghost, huh? There was a singing ghost last week. No, we, we We're getting musical one. folks. Hmm. You well, think they sing Hamilton? <laughs> <laughs> I would if I were a ghost. Is that, so, is that what she would do? I don't know what you guys are saying, but... I don't know. Um, probably a mix. I'd, have mix. I'd be a mixtape. Love that. Oh my God, I love it. Yeah. I would love it. You'd be a token of love in the late 2000s. Yes. yes. And 90s. Yeah. Heck, 80s as well. Did they have... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Cassette. They had they had the tapes. They had That's the where it all started, yeah. y'all. Where it all began. So I miss a cassette. All right, cool. another ghostly encounter. Damn. But then we'll get to my suck. favorite ghost because this is a lot about Zoe, I know. And we love her. A, a woman ironically named Elizabeth had an experience at the restaurant. <laughs> Remember, Zoe's sister's named Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Her friends had asked her where she wanted to go for a birthday dinner. Elizabeth was like, well, we're going on a ghost tour afterwards, so let's pick a haunted spot. Let's go to Pugin's Porch. Uh, she you sounds know? like a woman after my own heart. We love her. She heard that Pugin was haunted by the spinster Zoe, and so she wanted to check it out. After they dined on some of Pugin's fav- famous southern cuisine, Elizabeth broke out her ghost radar app on her phone mm-hmm. in search for a spooky vibe. 
She claimed that there were energy spots all around her and her friends and began to feel unnerved. Their server took notice of Elizabeth's ghost app and proceeded to tell them an eerie tale about an orb she encountered in the corner where the group of friends were dining. Uh-huh. So, so, yeah, maybe, yeah. Damn. Goodness. Well, listen to this, y'all. Okay. <laughs> Why is Pugin called Pugin's Porch? Is there a Mr. Pugin? Uh, there's a Mr. Pugin. Uh you guys, and he's a dog. Uh, of course, Aww. yes. Yes. You guys, in the 70s, there was this cute little pooch who wandered the neighborhood. And he uh. would stop and try to get little food from people. He was always hanging around, around the porch. And so the builders of the restaurant were like, this isn't our porch. This is Pugin's porch. Mm-hmm. And so they named it after the pup Pugin. Uh, and Pugin stuck around for many years until 1976 when he passed away. Or maybe it was uh, 79. Anyways, he passed away, but he but his grave is on the site. Uh, and and I mean the restaurant's named after him, so it pays homage to Pugin, right? And yeah. Pugin haunts the place. Yes, he does. Yes, he does, dude. Uh. Yes. From his grave in the front yard, there he's spotted everywhere. Many guests have a chance to feel Pugin's presence in the restaurant. Damn. But he loves the young ones. Kids. Especially. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so he... He's drawn to the young children, and he's said to be felt frolicking under tables, rubbing his fur against the dangling legs of dining kiddos. Perhaps he's simply greeting them or playfully begging for a taste of their meals. Pugin pats around the dining room's wooden floor looking for crumbs. He joyfully immerses himself in the hustle and bustle of the busy restaurant that became his home, and his spirit has become a delightful and welcome presence in the eatery. Uh, we love it. Yeah. Go for the shrimp and grits. Go for the Pugin. Say what up to Zoe. Perfect. Damn. Pugin. I Pugin. love Pugin. Mr. Uh, Pugin. He's so special. He's such a special man. Our little Poogs. I love him. Little Poogie. Poogie Poog. Oh, yeah. Uh, I imagine him having an Angus spirit, just based on his name. Absolutely. Something. And, you know, the fact that he's looking for scraps, that's yeah. typical you Angus. You just see what he can get, you know? Mm-hmm. Giving you a little nudge under the table. Uh, I love him. Just a little bit of love. We love you, Poog. <laughs> if you're listening, Poog, <laughs> you're a good boy. <laughs> you're a good, good boy, Poogan. The goodest. <laughs> so, y'all, I don't know if this spot has a poog, a pugarini, pugarino, but we're going to head over to uh, my side of town over in Massachusetts. I actually live like 40 minutes from this location, but it's it's in Massachusetts. So It's closer than Making Emily nice. or I live. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to go to the Stone Public House, a very stoic name right off the bat. And this restaurant is in Ashland, Massachusetts. And rumor has it 
this spot is known to house ghosts, specifically a young girl wearing a bloody dress oh. who roams the halls. Girl. N- not ideal. Wow. To see that. Total turnaround Me- from sweet Yeah, dogs. maybe it's your cup of tea, but not mine. <laughs> uh. So in this restaurant, even though it's called a house, because it, it was like a hotel back in the day, uh, there have been numerous reports of doors opening and closing by themselves without any wind, even when bolted shut. Damn. Who's doing this? Hello. Who's behind this? Is it Pooks? Not Pooks. <laughs> he would not travel from South Carolina. Char- was, where was he? Was he in South Carolina? Charleston. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He he's not coming from Charleston to well, open yeah, doors. Maybe. We know Poog is faithful to his porch. <laughs> All right, it's so Poog there we have porch. it, folks. Case closed. Case closed on that. <laughs> it, one, is <laughs> it is not Poog's. It is not Poog's. Glasses at the bar in the bar area have flown off the shelf, <gasps> or and or have just randomly shattered uh, out of thin air. Whoa. Many employees, as well as guests, have said that they have felt cold hands on their necks. Ugh. So that's pretty specific from what we've heard. You know, we hear like, oh, people feel cold spots or like gusts of cold air and wind. But to have for someone to say specifically a cold hand on their neck, like, mm. <laughs> You know a hand when you feel a hand, you know? Uh-huh. Exactly. Yeah, and you know cold, you know cold hands. <laughs> yes, you cold. do. <laughs> uh. As the saying goes, so when you arrive to Stone's public house, there is a giant sign that has this man's face on it, and he's not looking too happy. He actually looks really scary. <laughs> this fella is John Stone himself. So John was a farmer back in the day. He was also a captain in the military. Um, but he was also a businessman, and he owned a lot of the land in the center um, of Ashland, or what was then called Unionville. And he heard some news from the peeps that uh, there was a railroad being built through the center of Unionville uh, on his land. So he was like, all right, a good business venture, a good idea will be to build a hotel right alongside the tracks. This will, this will be a hot spot. People will love it. People will come. Visitors, people within the own town will come here to, to meet people from out of town. It's going to be popping. So that's what he did. It opened on September 20th, 1834. And it ended up being a very hot spot for migrant workers who were employed in Boston during the week. <clears throat> so as, as humans do, Stone died no. in 1858. And the uh, house, I'm calling it the house right now because it wasn't yet called um, the Stone Public House. It was the hotel. Uh, It was purchased by W.A. Scott. And he purchased the hotel, but he he wasn't very good at taking care of it. And he just didn't have, like, the the business side that was required to keep this place bumping and popping. And it fell into disrepair. Oh, tragic. Like, I get it. I also have fallen into disrepair. Uh, Especially right after the Civil War. Business at the end, you know, began to slow immensely. That was a... It was was hard. Terrible time for you. 
It, it truly was. I can't even talk about it. I'm triggered. <laughs> so writer Kendall Hatch mentioned in an article written for the Metro Daily News that paranormal researcher David Francis spent many nights at Stone Public House. And she writes, during the time that Scott owned the house, there were a lot of changes that took place, according to Francis. So certain state laws uh, were put into place after the war, which regulated the amount of alcohol. Um, I mean, this is typical after the Civil War, from what we've heard. Uh, In the establishment, the entire place was raided often, and it was just, it, it was not a good time for anyone. And the Scott family became... They were very affected by this. So W.A. Scott, he had three sons. They all lived and tried to run the, the house together. Um, but it took, this really took a toll on the family. Um, all three of Scott's sons became alcoholics, and two of them actually died before they were even 40 years old, which is very sad. E. Um, the third son, he basically just lost his mind. And uh. one night... He was super drunk, basically just in a drunken rage. And he attacked a woman in the hotel and was sent to a mental institution. Because he did oh, anything wild. Lord. Off to the asylum, you know. And very sad story. He ended up dying before he was 50 of general paralysis, according to the death certificate from the mental institution. But we all know that those weren't always accurate. So he could have died in a worse way, or he could have died in a better way, right? No one really knows for sure. So, I mean, these, it just continued, a series of unfortunate events for poor Scott. So his three sons died, and then in 1889, a fire broke out, and it it destroyed most of the house in the stable that he used to rent out. Um, That's what, it's where the horses would would stay. I think another name for it is like the livery. Um, So that was burned. That was a big part of business that he completely lost. Then Scott got friggin' malaria and became delusional. I know. And so he's delusional and he's like, he's telling people, he's like, I just want to be with my sons. All right. Just let me be with my sons. And he went into a room and he shot himself three times. Oh, Oh, Lord have mercy. None of these shots killed him, which. Oh, no. That's frustrating. What was he doing? I don't know. Maybe he he tried in the head and he tried in the chest. I think he tried in the head again. Oh, it didn't. He tried in the head and the chest and the head. Oh, my! I think though when he tried to shoot his head, it kind of just like grazed. Oh, um, Lord. Didn't really. Yeah. Oh, this poor guy. He he made a full recovery and he lived for 10 more years. Whoa. Oh, my God. Oh, my geez. I'm so sorry. So sorry, Scott. Uh, so Francis, back to Francis, he, the, the guy that was um, investigating the, the house, he said that there was also a possible connection um, to the Underground Railroad. Mm. So more from the Metro Daily News article, Leonard Cappy Fournier bought the property in 1976 and became, um, I'm sorry, and began restoring it. And in the process, he came across this, like, walled-up room in the basement under the area of the restaurant where the bar currently sits. It's right underneath the bar. And when the floorboards were taken up, there was a ladder that went farther down into the floor. 
in the tiny room that was discovered, it had a bed, a water bucket, and a bunch of cups and like other little artifacts. And Francis also said that there used to be a tunnel that ran from the front of the building to the train depot across the street. Uh So it was likely that uh, slaves were brought through the tunnel and hidden either in that room or on the third floor of the the hotel. So very interesting fact. Would love it if this were true. I mean, it's it's probably true. I'm just, you know. I'm sure. We're sure. So Francis, he investigated... uh, the house another time with Rhode Island paranormal investigators, as well as with an Ashland firefighter, Dave Vitalik. And Francis said that he had some strange experiences and they recorded some EVPs. So according to the Stone's public house website, and I don't normally get this much information on like a restaurant or a building's website. So kudos to y'all Stone public house website. But they say whoever the spirit is, the assistant manager, Butch Adams, says that he will not be caught dead at the but house alone at night. So one night while he was finishing the floors in the building, Adams said he became super scared. Like for no for no apparent reason. He just got this sudden fear within his body. And a handful of bird seed <laughs> fell through holes in the ceiling rattling to the floor what? where he was working. Like, that's... Bizarre. Yeah, that's how bizarre. According to Cappy, bartenders are also constantly telling of water taps that turn themselves on, and guests have reported being tapped on the shoulder only to turn around and find no one behind them. Hmm. So not only do we have hmm. cold hands, we got people playing tricks. We got ghosts playing tricks on the, on the guests. Tapping the shoulder, no one's behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Emily wakes up in the morning tomorrow and she's like, Birds, birds, seeds. So the house's website, it also shares an article that was written in 1984 about Ralph Bibbo. Not Bibbo. <laughs> but I want to say Bibbo because it's, hey, Bibbo, how are you? A professional hypnotist and founder of ECHO, which is Education Concerning a Higher Order, uh, when Bibbo visited the inn. So after several sessions, Bibbo said that he had finally been able to unearth the ghastly tale that has kept between six and seven spirits roaming the house for nearly 140 years. Wow. Yeah, that's a that's a hefty number. That's like a club. Like this is a club. <laughs> so this includes a chambermaid named Sadie, and Bebo Bebo. Now I'm calling him Bebo. <laughs> oh my god! We're just gonna call him Young B. Young B said he was told that Johnstone. And here, here's the kicker. Here's where we think it all began. He was told that Johnstone, the dudes who's the dude whose face is on the sign when he come up and he's looking angry and spooky. He accidentally killed a New York guest named what? Michael after he accused Michael of cheating in an upstairs card game that cost him $3,000. So the year was reportedly 1845. So young B said that six or seven of those who witnessed the murder and helped stone bury the body in the basement were basically bound together in secrecy to the owner. 
during life and now in the spirit world. So in one videotaped session where <laughs> apparently Stone reluctantly entered the body of Echo member Terry Pendleton. Whoa. angrily. Yeah, that's intense, right? <laughs> that's the kind of stuff I'm like, do I buy this? I don't know. We'll try. We'll try to buy it, right? Mm-hmm. Stone angrily told the crowd watching the session to get out of here. I want you off my premises. So Young Bee's theory is, is so convincing that he, and again, this is back in 1984, uh, that the owner is allowing Young B to dig up the basement in search of the phantom body. And Young B had said, I know we'll find the skeleton. It may take a couple more sessions to figure all this out, but we'll find it. So as far as I know and what the internet knows and what the, the house itself knows, there hasn't been a skeleton found, but you never know. There, yeah. there may not be a skeleton, but there are certainly, without a doubt, multiple spirits. Wow. Mm-hmm. And FYI, if you if you're in Massachusetts or you know, in New England, since everything's pretty close, um, the restaurant is accepting reservations for outdoor dining on the patio and porch, and some limited indoor dining right now due to COVID, but. If you're in the area, just go. Let us know. Take a pic of uh, Old Stone. T- take a pic of his face, of that sign. Let us know. He's you know spooky. what you should do? Hmm. Here's, a, here's an assignment for those who live in New England and maybe want to go to Stone Public House in Ashland. If the sign of John Stone is still up and you have Instagram or Snapchat, or t- I don't know if TikTok has filters, but use a face filter on him. Oh. Just see what happens. <laughs> See what happens. Kylie loves a face filter on a sign or a, a doll or a it's painting. Mm-hmm. Maybe a foam I could head. give him some eyelashes, you know. Oh. Some face some it's face. A, it's a classic laugh. Wow. It who who does not love to get haunted while they dine, you know? Exactly. It's probably one of the best things. Who doesn't love it? <laughs> Y'all. Speaking of haunted, this morning. Uh, yeah I, I haven't been scared like this in a long time i walked into the living room to get my computer to start work for the day and normally mm-hmm. i'll like get my computer start work in bed for a little while and then i'll come into the office later in the day but i got my computer off of the coffee table and i was as i was bending over i saw someone walk through the guest room like, just clear as fucking day, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was stunned. <laughs> and I I was like, no, I did not see that. But I know I did. I know that I saw somebody. So I, like, was afraid to peek into the room because it seriously looked like they just, like, walked into the wall. Correct. But I honestly, like... I, I see things all the time and I don't normally feel like frightened and whatever this was, I, I did not feel good about it. I <laughs> like, 
I wouldn't turn my back as I went back to the bedroom. I just like held my computer and walked backwards back to the bedroom. So I could keep my eyes on the guest room the whole time because whatever that was made me feel scared. (laughs) Yo, I'm telling you, you got to confront it. You got to say, what's up? I know you're there. Yeah, right. You want to hang out in this room, you better pay some fucking rent, my dude. At least the water bill. Well, you know, our house is all bills paid, but he doesn't have to know that. Oh, okay. Well, he does now. I know. I just say just kidding real quick. Yeah, just just kidding. They just um, they're making us pay for it now. Yeah, watch what you say. Yeah, yeah. Well, Sick. wow. I can't, I can't, I miss restaurants. Will I ever go to a restaurant <laughs> ever again? It's hard to say. <laughs> it's True. really hard to say, but. Uh, but you can support them. We got to keep them open. You got to keep, keep them running. You got to Listen, I don't know what we would do without these restaurants, these essential workers keeping us alive and fed and well. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we don't have to eat our our own cooking every single night for the rest of our lives. I tell you what, mine's mm-hmm. poison. I don't <laughs> want to do that. Oh, Lord. Oh, oh Lord. Oh, Lord. All right. Case. No, I got leftovers in the oven because I knew I'd be hungry after this. Uh, you know what? We thought ahead. We were freaking smart. Yeah. I, I'm probably going to go have my uh, little second dinner right now. So you do that. Tell uh, your bud to come out and join you. Yeah. Hey, sir. Mm. <laughs> got a little extra pasta for you. And then I punch him <laughs> in the gut. You like it al dente? I'll show you al dente, you motherfucker. All right. Mm-hmm. We've had enough. Uh, we had fun. And uh, until next time, stay spooky. Ooh. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>